Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Claudio. And, and we're, we're the, the High Guys! guys. Yes. Iconic. <laughs> Iconic. <laughs> Hi guys, it's Chris and Claudio, and we're here with a couple of our really great friends. We have Connor... Alexis and on Instagram JFC Olive. <laughs> Today we have Alexis, Connor, and Olivia. Do you guys want to all introduce yourselves? Take turns. Say like uh, what you've been doing during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I'll go first. I'm Alexis. Uh, I love BoJack and Chris and Claudio, so I'm super excited <laughs> to be on this podcast. Oh, okay. yeah. You know, what better topic than BoJack to de- debut my uh, podcast guest career? Yes. So, here I am. Lately, I have just been um, unemployed and hanging out, watching TV and stuff and painting and stuff. Um, hi, my name is Olivia, a.k.a. JFC Olive. Thank you for the intro, Chris. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah, thank you. And um, I've been doing well. You know, I was a little bit hangry today. I didn't have food in the house. Um, and then I got high and I feel good. And, um, you know, Wait, things you, have been going, are you not hangry anymore? I'm not hangry anymore. No. Cause I have a beer and weed oh, and, beautiful. um, <laughs> yeah. And actually, um, my, my, uh, significant other made me dinner. So I know it's waiting for me after the recording. So all is good right now. All is oh, great. Nice. Yes. Yes. So, nice. so things are good. Not hangry. Um, I too have been doing a lot of art. I've been trying to get better at graphic art during this quarantine. And uh, yeah, that's been like kind of a hobby of mine. Lots of buttons though. There lots of mouse lot clicking, of <laughs> lots of buttons, lots of buttons, lots of carpal tunnel. Um, <laughs> and yeah, but things otherwise are good. Love not going to work. That is so great. Mm-hmm. So awesome. <laughs> like, I think you all can feel me on this. Like going yes. to work sucks. Mm-hmm. and um <laughs> like it sucks we have to work 40 hours a week but if we can either not do that or do it at home i think that just really benefits a lot of people yes. um 100 percent. beautiful beautiful <laughs> connor and i'm quackers quack 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh i love that line and i love this show so i'm so happy to be here thanks for having me on yeah no i i absolutely adore bojack um, I stumbled upon this show when it first aired back in like 2014. Yes. And I like fell in love with it. And fun fact so Alexis and I had been dating like throughout the show's entire run. So we watched the first season together. I think it was at Olivia's house and we watched a lot of it too. Ooh. And I know there's so many webs. <laughs> um, everything's intertwined. So it kind of like became a mainstay in our household. Every time the season would air, we would watch it like the night that it came out and we would just binge the whole thing. So really happy to be talking about it. Mm-hmm. And as for how my vibes have been, my vibes have been pretty good. Just really busy to keep myself entertained. I listen to a lot of music of every genre that I can uh, find. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of trip hop recently. Oh, shit. Ooh, like 90s, nice. 90s British <laughs> hip hop. Uh-huh. And it is just such a fascinating genre to me because it's so genreless. Like there's never been that I've encountered a genre that just defies 
how I can categorize it, I guess, because it has so many different influences happening at the same time. Trip pop so, is what you said? Trip hop. Trip hop. So Got it. this artist, like, <laughs> Tricky and Massive Attack and Portishead, and they all have their own thing going on. It's just really interesting to listen to. That's fun. I like that. And I've also been listening to a lot of YouTube. Um, I'm really interested in YouTube channels that are about writing and in- improving your writing. Uh, dude, there's so there's many one, good ones. There's so many good ones. There's unlimited channels like i'm still finding channels i didn't know existed and then i'm like oh okay i can binge this whole channel sweet (laughs) there's one called savage books especially that is worth checking out because they just do such a good job of laying out why certain like tv shows or books or what have you work so well such an interesting perspective and take of things that i wouldn't notice otherwise oh so they're Um, like pick apart the writing style mm -hmm, exactly like in the editing and everything about it that like why this scene works or why this dialogue works and they just go so in depth that's so cool Um, i fucking love that and i know i love writing so much which is why again bojack is in my opinion the best show when it comes to writing i've ever seen oh one thousand percent use of writing one thousand percent i'm happy to discuss let's do it (laughs) definitely bojack is one of the best shows in the world the writing is comparative to a like classic novel i feel like like the amount of metaphors and um just kind of literary devices they use to get across Mm -hmm. like plot line and character Mm -hmm. development things like that like i literally feel yeah it is like i feel like i've read fuck a bunch of novels after i read uh watched it and i just i love the um the Tuca and birdie and uh bojack universe um and yeah. that animation style <laughs> and how whimsical it is so i'm happy to be talking about it too thank you guys for introducing yourselves those were all compelling reasons to be here wow um <laughs> we're gonna go around and we're gonna say what we're high off of we're gonna promote promote your local dispensaries everyone and their goodies say what you're smoking say what you're eating and uh tell me what you usually do when you're high like what do you listen to what do you watch <laughs> Okay, Chris, do you want to start off? Yes, I'll start. So I had a dope edible from um, Smokey's Edibles. Uh, it's like a sour watermelon chew, and it's delicious. That's the same one you ate for Love, Victor, huh? Yeah, it's bomb. <laughs> and then what um, have you been listening to lately? Well, I've been um, playing a lot of this video game called Ooblets, and it's the oh cutest shit God. I've ever experienced. It's on um, either the Xbox store or on... Uh, PC, but it's literally like little little Pokemon esque characters, but the art style is reminiscent of like Summer Camp Island, and it's like all cute pastels, and it's Aww. so sweet. And there's like little mushroom guys. It's like Aww. Animal Crossing and Pokemon had a baby. Yeah, I have, a, I have a farm. Oh, it's iconic. Oh like, my god! I... The little things you battle with, you like you grow them from the earth. Yeah, and then um, instead of like actual fights, it's dance battles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and like, a yes. And everything. Oh my goodness. Um, Alexis. Uh, yes. So lately, I've been watching like a lot of uh, Netflix reality shows, oh, which yes. <laughs> are awful, but they're so entertaining. Like The Circle and Love Is Blind and Too Hot yes. to Handle. I love The Circle so much. Yes. yes. Wait, the... have you seen all of them? They have like the Brazil. No. And... We've no. just seen the the English version. Oh, you gotta seen. watch Brazil. You have to watch Brazil. Like, please watch Brazil. <laughs> please. <laughs> and then sure. give France a try if you have time. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, fun. they're great. And then I've 
Hmm. I've been listening to a lot of Hundred Gex, which I know is like, <laughs> uh, uh, like I feel like they've been getting more attention lately uh-huh. for just mm-hmm. how fucking wild and weird and crazy they are. And I've been bopping at every single one, and it's like I can't stop now. And so it's like all the time, and it's like the first thing I think about when I wake up. And I, like, <laughs> I like have to play it every morning. That's amazing. They invented music. <laughs> I feel like I'm like a baby that's like just dancing around super fast, bouncing, bouncing. <laughs> <laughs> so good so yeah. ba- baby pop yeah it's my baby pop <laughs> baby pop <laughs> baby pop <laughs> but yeah so that's that's my vibe <laughs> you don't know what you're high on oh i do know what i'm high on for sure well okay so it's from Kushagram, which is like there's quite a lot of them. It's definitely a chain, at least in the Southern California area where I am. Uh-huh. So shout out to Kushagram. I have a Sizzy pen in front of me mm-hmm. of whatever the the cheapest sativa was, and then I have a bong with a bowl packed of whatever the cheapest sativa was. So I guess um, definitely my mainstay is the pen for sure. Mm-hmm. I carry that that shit everywhere yeah that's why i mean i love her i need her everywhere so <laughs> that's definitely what i use the most especially because i tend to get a little bit lazier when it comes to, like actually taking hits i don't know why so like that it, pen is just like the easiest way to quickly get high without effort because sometimes i'll like forget or doze off or whatever and yeah. it's hard to like actually keep at it to get to the mission so that's my vibe what are you high on connor uh i echo alexis's sentiments cute yeah. as we are the we're same in 100 percent alignment <laughs> <laughs> there is no swaying it's all the same <laughs> we're, we're one organism that's just combined at this oh point. cute cute live so this may shock you but uh same as connor and alexis uh netflix <laughs> reality shows and a hundred gex like literally we um i think uh those two are um, also rocking my world right now. I just want to do a plug for um, Indian Matchmaker. That is such a good show on Netflix right now. It just came out. Seema is a badass. Uh, also, it's just, it's a very um, cool in-depth look into a culture I think a lot of people don't know a lot about. And so, um, but it has all the makings of a great reality show because you not only see the business side of matchmaking, which is like a huge business, but you also go on the dates with people that she sets up. So it's awesome. Um, it's a very unique reality show, which has like a little bit of everything from like a lot of different reality type TV. Also, Flora's Lava is really good. Oh my God. <laughs> Flora's Lava really has changed my life. <laughs> oh my God. I want to go on it. Do you guys want to set up a team? I yes. want to go on it really bad. I think I do really well. I would would too, because so many of them, they make some decisions where I'm like, why would you even do that? I know. Big old shout out to my favorite, you know, um, old reliable dispensary, uh, LA Rush, but we're not in LA, we're in Ventura, but (laughs) they always got cheap, good stuff and everything around here closes at like 6pm and they are open until 930. So I really appreciate that. (laughs) I'm uh, smoking some Kush cake right now out of a good old bong, old school style. That's beautiful. Couple of classics there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm Claudio. Um, I like to smoke weed. Uh, you like to smoke weed? Uh, no. 
<laughs> wow, your true colors have shown. <laughs> yeah, I'm, anyway. I'm out of here. No, please. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think we can do this show anymore. I'm no, sorry. This is the family podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so I used this brand called Shuggies, and it's cannabis infused cane sugar. And I put it in some lemonade Ooh. and I drank it, and I'm high. Can you believe? Love it. <laughs> and I, I can't. I got it from Harborside, San Jose, because my sister Jen works mm-hmm. there, and it was a birthday present to me. And, and honestly, Shuggies shook me up. Wow, that sounds <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you can put was, it in anything. You really can. Well, all right. Does anyone want to like take turns to s- summarizing BoJack, or does anyone want to like give it a go? BoJack Horseman is a deep action adventure movie <laughs> about a horse who plays by his own rules. Sorry. Um, no, keep anyway. going. You're, you're already the there. for the rest of us. <laughs> so, uh, definitely. All right, all right. So, BoJack Horseman um, is a cartoon series. It's a bit of a comedy and a drama. Uh, mostly comedy, but it does have very serious dramatic elements and a deep plot line. Or it is, I'm sorry, it is known for its deep plot line and character development, especially in the context of a cartoon. It takes place in a fictional Hollywood, California, and follows a former actor, Bojack Horseman. Yeah, Um, what I like about it is that it's like, and this tripped me out when I was first watching it, that part of him, part of the world is human and then part of the world is animal. Mm-hmm. I think that yes. like, is like su- such a cool thing about it. And then he's like, yes. so he's like a washed up celebrity, basically, who was on a super famous TV show in the 90s. And he had like a, I don't know, he's just, he's very thinky and very in his head. And so a lot of his, he has a lot of um, issues that he's always working through in the show. And so you come become very intimate with just like what he's going through and how he thinks about things and how being in this TV show and just his childhood has shaped like who he is now. Mm-hmm. And you just like come into it in his life and he's just like a partier pretty much and just like super into drugs, super into getting away from it all. Mm-hmm. I feel like that definitely is a good summary of what the show's about. We're not here just to summarize. We're going to get into <laughs> what inspires people to watch the show. So we're going to go over all the goods of the show. And Connor, do you want to start off with like the side characters? Because that is like the biggest good of this show. Oh man, starting with the good of the show is going to take the whole podcast. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, go for it. So we have Todd, who is voiced by the magnificent Aaron Paul. And Todd is introduced as this character that is kind of unremarkable. He's just kind of the, you know, stoner kind of friend that lives on Bojack's couch at first. Mm-hmm. And then they really take their time to flesh him out. But he's always on some sort of get-rich-quick scheme or some <laughs> sort of little side adventure that gets way less <laughs> grounded than every other character's adventures. And he's yeah. never really in it for anything but the fun of it and the thrill. And he's just having a good time. Yes. But he's also a full person and has emotions and reactions to the things that people do around him to where his friendship with Bojack deteriorates. And it's kind of like the slow decline that has its ebbs and flows, just like a friendship like that would be in real life. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. Oh my God. Todd is the best. But then we also have to <laughs> contend with someone else who's also the best which is princess carolyn yeah yes. oh my 
agent. Oh my agent. god, I love her so much. Me too. Slash lover. She is a workaholic agent who is such a dynamic and interesting character because she's so close to getting there throughout the entire series. Mm-hmm. She's so close to figuring it out, but it takes her a long time before she's able to really parse through all the things going on in her life and figure out how she can have it all, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her struggle is like one of my favorite ones because I feel like she and Todd are in the same vein of how ridiculous shit gets in their lives. Mm-hmm. But like Princess Carolyn's is like filled with so much like dark shit, like so much bad stuff happens to her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. she's still this whimsical cat. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I think um, I think she is a bit. I think both Todd and Princess Caroline, I think, really serve as like antagonists to BoJack, especially in the sense that they have gone through like very tough things in their lives and tough hardships. But both of them have like very positive outlooks on life and. Um, like use those hardships to like propel themselves forward you know where i think we see in bojack it kind of you know hinders him in every way possible but yeah mm-hmm. yeah who's who's the next character we got diane uh, diane, diane win diane is so interesting she starts off as the ghostwriter for bojack's book and diane bojack kind of sees her as a love interest at first but it kind of evolves past that because she's dating the character we'll discuss next and eventually gets <laughs> married to him but diane is such an interesting person to be put in a bojack's life because she like olivia mentioned with todd and princess carolyn kind of being a more positive outlook you know oriented towards doing things rather than kind of moping about it uh-huh. diane is like kind of caught in between that where mm-hmm. the character that she's around she kind of feeds off of yeah and it never really ends in like a good result until she figures out how to internally balance herself but diane is so fun she is always trying to do what's right and can go really far in doing what is right to the expense of the other characters around her but at the same time you you get it yeah because she's just trying to make a positive impact on Mm -hmm. the world now the only downside like so just so the listeners know the only downside that a lot of people have with um diane is that her voice actress is a white woman she is played by Mm -hmm. allison brie but her character is a vietnamese woman and so a lot of people take issue with that and like from the get-go many people part of the community said something but just never transpired more than tweets but mm-hmm. recently Alison Bria said that she does regret playing the character and that she did wish that um it gone to someone like of the ethnicity so I love Diane so much that's the one thing that always holds me back into being like completely mm-hmm. in love because I always just feel like it's just kind of weird but mm-hmm. I I love the story written for her and I mm-hmm. love the voice absolutely acting, you know what I mean like the story absolutely aside from the voice actress the story for her is so important yes absolutely and i think like yes it is a shame that they couldn't get a woman of color to play that character but i still think uh diane is exactly what you said like of a very um complex unique relatable character she's imperfect and that is one of the things like so charming about her Mm -hmm. and one of the things like it's just like her character has ups and downs like throughout the whole season it's not just like a progressive like straight shot to like Mm -hmm. 
you know, self-actualized Diane. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, yeah, I would consider earlier, I, I was thinking about who my favorite character is and I had said Todd, but after I thought about it more, I really do think Diane is my favorite character just because I, I think she is so relatable. Dude, um, she is so like, relatable. A, like I, I've never, I've almost never really seen a more realistic character. Mm -hmm. Like, that I can really mm -hmm. think of who I really feel like is like, as you said, sits in that in between of like having a super positive outlook and then being like totally devastated by your past, which I think is where most of us are like mm -hmm. in real life. So yeah, I really love that about her. Like, like you said, Connor. Yeah. I think um, the creator of the show, Raphael Babas Waxberg is also apologized, like stated that he regretted the casting of Alison Brie without like putting her on the spot necessarily, but just saying, if he could do it again, he would have definitely gotten a Vietnamese actress to play her. And that is like a weird thing to to listen to when you're listening to. Because I love Alison Brie. She's great. Yeah. But it's just right, like, did she right. really need this role? Yeah. No. Uh, no. Not really. No. Yeah. And, and someone else could have done just as much justice. I'm sorry. Not saying that she's not yeah. great, but like some, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Allison Brie, if you're listening, you know, we 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 like We you. love you. We love you. We love you. Um, Chris, do you want to cover your favorite character? He's not my <laughs> final character to round up the little uh core group of main characters we follow is Mr. Peanut Butter. He sees Bojack as his best friend. Bojack <laughs> sees Mr. Peanut Butter as the um devil incarnate he literally hates him with all of his heart but mr peanut butter returns everything with love and it's so so strange to see him be a person <laughs> <laughs> i love that he's a dog and that he's like a golden retriever it's like so perfect for it, like his loyalness so well. and his like naivete and just like yeah his little his level of enthusiasm he like mm -hmm. totally embodies that animal i think like the most out of any animals. what i what i really love about him is not only is he a gold lab but they constantly will make make joke of it like uh we just watched we were rewatching and we just saw the scene where diane and him were having such a serious moment and she said do i think you're a good boy yes yes i do good boy yes. you're a good boy <laughs> Yeah. And then he's like, "Do you know what I do when you leave the house? I sit right there and I wait to hear your car come up the driveway because when I hear it, I go crazy. Like I hate how like <laughs> casual they're being about him being a dog." Yeah. <laughs> I think at one point like, oh. I I sorry, Alexis. I think at one point he sees a po uh, like a mail truck driving. Yes. <laughs> yes. Officer. <laughs> officer, I forget his name, like Whiskers or something. It's officer some cute... meow meow Fuzz, fuzzy meow meow face. fuzzy face. <laughs> meow fuzzy face has <laughs> over and he can't resist it and he starts speeding up to chase after the mail truck it's so good. <laughs> i think the last little bit about um mr peanut butter is that although he comes off as a very naive character he does have a lot of moments of like serious reflection and i feel like he amongst all the characters everyone's biggest thing is that they're trying to figure out who they are or like how to be themselves and Mr. Peanut Butter is definitely the kind of person that, like, will glaze over every serious serious issue mm -hmm. and, like, not let it affect him only because he doesn't want to feel the pain. That's what it, that's what comes across is, like, he doesn't want to feel bad. He only wants to feel good all the time. He'll do anything to just cover up his problems. Yes. I was also thinking, like, it's funny that Mr. Peanut Butter has these moments of like, he seems super ignorant to every, like for the most part, obviously he seems super ignorant to everything. And then he'll have these moments of like, no, like 
I know, like I knew I'm not stupid. Like, I don't know. He, he just shows a lot of moments of like, uh, clarity. I yeah. feel mm-hmm. that are very, um, funny for his character because it's it's like wait do you know or do you not know like are you trying not to feel pain or do you just really not feel it because you don't yeah get like what's it puts you on, on edge like it's so yeah. weird but yeah um, that's that's all the side characters like that's the core yeah. cast and mm-hmm. that is reason enough to watch the show because this show is like the one of the only animated shows I've seen where every single side character is like fully fleshed out mm-hmm. uh, they experience so much within the six seasons of the show and their stories get like wrapped up in a great little bow. Like I've never cared so much about animated characters that were like cats and dogs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> <laughs> trust, I've yeah. cared about a lot of animated characters, but I would never think like a dog, a cat, a horse was gonna like find its way into my heart. No, yeah. fuck Milo and Otis. <laughs> <laughs> I love how like every one of the like main characters that has had like multiple episodes like exploring their past and like, yeah why yeah. they're like that why they make the decisions that they do like i feel like they're really good at like character building mm-hmm. and like yes it is really funny that half of the world is like animals <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> yes. That, that can lead us to the next topic i think the next best thing about this show is the writing yes oh, yeah, for sure <laughs> the writing is like so insane yeah for me my favorite thing about the writing is that it can be so serious but so ridiculous at the same time yes like another reference to like princess carolyn is like when she's really going through some shit but then she has to say like an alliteration (laughs) right (laughs) yes you know what i mean like it's so ridiculous it's so wild and then like todd goes through so much crazy shit that's weaved throughout like he's always like the sea storyline and his stuff Mm -hmm. is always so insane but then he still has like serious moments of self-discovery like never forget when todd got kidnapped by an improv group (laughs) oh my god i just watched the episode today and i that is so good (laughs) so good and that's not a spoiler because it's not a huge plot point it's literally such a great little story arc that happens in one of the seasons like we that's the that's the tip of the iceberg <clears throat> Connor, do you want to talk about the writing a little oh i would love to um i feel like honestly the writers of this show should be teaching english at the most prestigious universities in the nation honestly because... i completely agree completely no show like i would say even like just like writing or literature in general that i've seen or read has such like layers to it and the mastery of just language as a whole like Mm -hmm. they're using every single literary device possible often at the same time and using them so effectively and like claudio said they'll use alliteration and just go crazy with it amy (laughs) sadaris as princess carolyn is perfect at delivering every single every single silly string of words that's just like a tongue twister (laughs) <laughs> I love that so much. I was hoping someone would mention it or we could talk about the alliteration devices, but like they are so cute and fun. And I like, they totally do put them just in the middle of like serious ass scenes. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but it works so well. Be- it, it just works because it's what is written is good. And like, if yeah, it's good, smart. it's good. I, th- I think that's like one of the main things about, uh, I think that's one of the themes of Bojack as a whole we see in his character as well. And that's like reflected in the writing is like the serious V silly is like mm-hmm. Bojack, 
you know, him himself is an extremely, he has an extremely dramatic past, but everything is a joke to him, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like the show, it goes through some extremely deep themes and plot lines, but like every, like almost every line has something silly or funny or whimsical in it. Yeah. You know, that is, yeah, that's the first show I've ever seen like that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not to take, not to roll over. No, you're good. Connor. Please. Yeah. I just feel like they take so many risks as well. They tell stories differently within episodes and they dramatically change their style without any warning they'll just oh we're going to do an episode where bojack never says a word except for the Mm -hmm. very beginning or we're going to do a show an episode where it's just bojack monologuing that's it Mm -hmm. they put constraints on themselves all the time just so that they can make an even better product because oftentimes when you're writing if you narrow it down and you take away a lot of the tools that you can use you're forced to be more creative overall. Yeah. And they just do that perfectly. See, I recently d- discovered that a lot of my favorite animated shows do the same like experimental stuff in their writing. Like they'll yeah. they'll take a risk and do a bottle episode where they're all trapped mm-hmm. in one confined space for a whole episode. <sighs> they'll yes. take they'll take a risk where um uh oh like an entire <laughs> monologue or like the entire episode is silent. And I think it's yes. just like a testament to the writers. Like if they can pull off this weird experimental stuff mm-hmm. and still make you love the episode, like that's good shit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Honestly, my favorite episodes of BoJack are the experimental episodes. They don't miss. They don't miss. They sure don't. We'll we'll have to remember that for the spoiler half because there yes. are so many that I want to talk about. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. But um, I think it's a lot of good. There's obviously we can say more good, but I think we're going to get more in depth. Does anyone have any bad now the bad does not have to be for the writing or acting it could be like the way you feel how it attaches like how it affects you personally you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so does anyone have any like bad that they would like to mention i do have one and it's actually not like a uh constructive critique just a trigger warning honestly like i guess this is kind of a spoiler too oh i don't know Okay, I'll be. I'm gonna be very vague. <laughs> Bojack goes through a lot as in his early history, especially, mm-hmm. and lots of it reminded me of my own family. And um, mm-hmm. and those episodes I love to skip. Yeah, like love to skip. Like some of the episodes can be hard to get through. Not oh, most of them. Ones. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> No, they, they've got great plot and great stuff to watch. It's very hard for me to get through some episodes of BoJack. No, I, you know. I could relate to that because after like the end of season two, after the end of season five, that stuff hit so hard. And not even for it being like too close to home, but just because like they really make you fall in love with each character. And when, yeah. when horrible mm-hmm. stuff yes. happens to them, you can't help but like, have a vol- involuntary reaction where you feel just as bad. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes. 100%. And it's not just it's not just feeling bad for them. It's feeling literally what they're feeling. Todd is my favorite character and I've been so on his same wavelength the whole show so that whenever he has any climactic character moments, I feel like exactly what he's feeling whether it's like betrayed, lost, not just sad, you know. Like Absolutely. like you're angry for them. Like Yeah, yeah. Like, when uh, Todd found out that 
Bojack, uh, I'm gonna make it vague. When Todd found out <laughs> that Bojack mm-hmm. did something to fuck with him, yeah, that would have mm-hmm. made him happy. Like it, it's it hurts. Like you feel you feel bad yeah. for him. You're like, what yeah. the fuck, yeah. dude? But I do know, like a lot of people can only take the show in doses. So if anything, yeah. that's the bad. Is like, mm-hmm. it's not even inherently bad. It's more like yeah. a warning. A warning that. If you do get really attached, prepare yourself to want to take breaks. Or if some of it is too close to home, prepare to take breaks because they cover a <laughs> lot of serious topics. It can be overwhelming sometimes, but yeah, sure. it, do- yeah. it, it doesn't turn me away from watching the next episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it honestly, um, it did turn me off for a little bit. Like I was super into the show and was waiting for every season to come out. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know, maybe it was after, it must've been after season four. I think I was like, I need a break. Like, I just need a break. And then when the next one came out, I just felt so like, is it going to be like more stuff? But honestly, I regret feeling that way. Cause like, then I, I, I watched season five and I was like off, but it was like right when season six came out, I picked it back up. So I was like, you know, and then I regretted not watching it, but it's fine. Cause Netflix, you know, easy streaming can watch it whenever I want forever. Right. So yeah, (laughs) I don't even think we said that. That it's a Netflix original series. <laughs> it is a Netflix original series. I'll, I'll make sure we put it in the description. <laughs> but Bojack Horseman is a Netflix original series. Um, I just had two quick things that I want to mention on my bad. Uh, and they're kind of nitpicky because the show's so, so, so good. But I feel like season one, the first half, and this isn't like a rare opinion to hold, but season one, the first half is pretty lackluster compared to the rest of the show, I find. It's not terrible. Yeah. You it doesn't, are correct. It doesn't give you a good representation of what the show's going to become. There's just a couple of episodes that are just like eh, like episode three and episode five uh are pretty eh. but once you can pull through those first few episodes and there's some good stuff in there it's just not representative of, as Bo- of bojack as a whole mm-hmm. and then my other nitpick is um i don't want to get spoilery but it also really doesn't matter but i'll keep it vague um, <laughs> there's a character that's hyped up at the end of season two and appears in the beginning of season three who is a playwright and she doesn't do anything for the plot or like move it forward really yeah for the amount of attention that they give her is it jill pill it is yes yes oh my god (laughs) i didn't even i totally forgot about that like she's not memorable and it's kind of a waste of mara wilson's talents yeah wasn't she gonna do like a play with like puppets yeah it was like a one episode thing and i and i get it like that happens for sure on a lot of shows but when you have a show that is so adept at handling characters it really sticks out like a sore thumb with yes, the one does. character that they didn't yeah. do anything with damn i totally forgot about joe pill but all right we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna come back the second half of the podcast is gonna be all the spoiler all the analysis tea. it's gonna be ttt so uh take a hit and uh we'll talk real soon Alexis, I can't believe you made shirts for Shane Dawson. So many hoodies. <laughs> so many pig hoodies. And I don't know if do you guys know who Danny Duncan is? Absolutely not. Yeah, I Thankfully I don't know. No. He just makes really bad merch because all of his stuff say virginity rocks and then <sighs> I heart hot moms. And I, then um, practice safe sex, and it's just so cringy. I always see virginity rocks. I didn't know where it came from, though. 
Bruh, we make thousands a week. Oh so my many god. For, in all the different colors, so many virginity rocks. And it's just like really cringy. And then one time he came to the office and he like got in it, or like he was in the warehouse where we like print the stuff and he got like naked into his boxers and took a picture with like the printing warehouse workers, women. And he like got naked and they were all wearing shirts with it. They were all wearing like, I forget if it was his merch. Or merch with like um, his face on it, like Shut but up. whatever it was, it was like his merch basically, and he was like naked and just showed his ass, and as there were a bunch of like older women, like did he put it on his work. Instagram? I don't think he ever like really put it anywhere. Oh my god, I can't believe you saw that. Yeah, it was really cringy. You're like, just stuff like Ooh. that that I'm like, I can't. This isn't how I can really like live. I just don't agree with this. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't fit my lifestyle. Yeah. Um, this is too cringy. Okay, so now we're we are going to move on to the fun stuff. So we're gonna say everyone's gonna say their favorite character and their favorite episode. Alright, Chris. Oh man. Okay. Okay. I have a like a first real favorite character, and then I have a second like favorite pop-up character that comes up every now and then. Mm-hmm. So my first favorite all-time character is Todd, Todd Chavez. Uh, but my second minor character is uh, character actress Margot Martindale. Yes, <laughs> yes, thank you. And my favorite episode is the episode with Becca the Chicken. <laughs> oh my god. Mark? Yes, yes so you will put back. <laughs> 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 that's such a good one because that's the one with um officer um meow meow fuzzy face yeah and yes and they're like you're a loose cannon <laughs> and they sit there all day arguing like trying to find out whether he's a loose cannon yes. or a cop or a good got, cop a cop who's got nothing to lose yes <laughs> and we all agree he's a loose cannon but he gets results <laughs> <laughs> I love the tropes in the show. They <laughs> Me play too. Them so well. Yeah, it's good. Dude. Oh, uh, when Bojack pulls up, when Margot Martindale gets right out of prison, and she's like, and he's like, "You in? I got a heist." And she's like, "Bojack, I've been out of prison for two minutes. What took, took so you so long?" long. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, so good. She's amazing. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, um Alexis, favorite character, favorite episode. Okay, favorite character is uh Princess Carolyn because she's just such a hard working um feminism icon. Uh-huh. Yes. And I just I really spot I look up to her. She has a lot of great qualities in her. Mm-hmm. And then um then like secondary character that I love that's like small role is definitely Vincent Adolman, which is just so <laughs> absurd and silly and plays on one of the best <laughs> Vincent Adolman is like uh dates Princess Carolyn, but he's actually too like little kid, like ten year old maybe. I don't know. Do you guys know how old they are? I think they're twelve. 12 there's like three 12 year olds stacked up on each other with a trench coat (laughs) (laughs) it's so it's so so blatantly obvious that they're kids right but it's like she doesn't even notice she doesn't care no bojack notices but she thinks uh adulting yeah (laughs) 
I did a business. <laughs> <laughs> so, that business. That's good. You did a good impression. Really oh, good. thank you. Um, what's your favorite then, episode? Uh, yeah, so my favorite episode is called Free Churro, and it's the one where it's all the whole, just a monologue. That mm-hmm. one, yeah. It's just like it was really good, and it ties through a lot of things, and it it's it's a really good way of just I love like an epi- um in. Uh, shows when there's an episode that really deeply explores like how somebody's feeling yeah. through something such as a monologue yeah. through the yes. whole episode like and it's just like really I don't know it's just so interesting and I was like glued onto it the whole time like that very was, that was like the serious. that was one of the episodes that I like I felt like I couldn't blink you know like I was yeah. just stare I was like so engaged that was the one episode that really just had me crying because of how well he was delivering his lines yeah oh mm-hmm. my god the acting was great uh Connor uh so I have to agree with Chris that the best secondary character has to be without a doubt character actress and future <laughs> <laughs> It is so absurd. It is so delightfully oh. absurd that Margot Martindale would voice a version of herself that just commits so many crimes and <laughs> is just an outlaw. And then at one point, like they're in Yorba Linda and she's in a shootout with the police. Yes, and we used to live right next to Yorba Linda, so it's like great. And we went to that museum that they go to the Nixon Museum. So <laughs> oh, that's so good. And- <laughs> And um, she, Todd's like, we said no guns. And she goes, I thought we said no gum. And Todd goes, but you're chewing gum right now. And she goes, I'm a wife. <laughs> 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 Everything she says is gold. But then my favorite main character is probably Mr. Peanut Butter. I love how they take their time with mm-hmm. him. Every other character, they kind of lay out who they are mm-hmm. relatively okay, early yeah. on. But Mr. Peanut Butter, and to an extent Todd too, they like really like sow the seeds and wait for a while before they reveal yeah. more about that character than just the jokes that they're making and their surface level, the person they mm-hmm. present. And I just I really enjoy his arc. He has a very interesting arc that is much slower than the other characters and doesn't have the dramatic ups and downs, yeah. but he doesn't react as much to everything around him but it still has an effect on him in the long run. My favorite thing about Mr. Peanut Butter's growth is the the beautiful flourishion of him and Todd's friendship. Oh, it's so wholesome. It's the yes. most wholesome thing in the show. And every time they hang out and just do dumb shit together, I'm like, <laughs> yes. They are fantastic. Their plot lines are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And they add so much of that comedic relief that is often needed in some episodes. best idea they had was the Halloween store that's only open in January. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, my favorite episode, so I have, I want to mention two real quick. My favorite episode that's more funny is season two, episode eight, and it's the episode where they do Hollywood, Hollywood stars oh and celebrities. God. What do they know? Do they know things? Let's find out. <laughs> and it, the whole episode is gold. You have J.D. Salinger, who's oh my, my favorite minor, minor, minor. <laughs> he, he delivers the best line in the entire show, which is, I'm J. Goddamn D. Goddamn Salinger. <laughs> <laughs> it really encompasses everything Bojack uh-huh. is. And it's 
and it's really funny, but it also has a lot of uh, ex- exploration for Mr. Peanut yeah. Butter. And then my favorite serious episode has to be season four, episode 11, Times Arrow, because I feel like it's the riskiest move. Maybe the monologue's just as risky or more risky, but the riskiest move the show ever made was to devote an entire episode to the show's closest thing to a villain. Like, the closest thing they have to an antagonist who only exists to make Bojack's life more miserable and brings nothing else to the table. You only see the effect she has on Bojack, and then it takes it back, and also adding in the layer that she is suffering from dementia or Alzheimer's or whatever Mm -hmm. she has. Mm -hmm. Exploring why she is the way she is and not making excuses, but just explaining Mm -hmm. what she became she became a product of the environment yeah dude that she was that episode is also my favorite episode and let me tell you why my great grandmother is literally pushing 100 i believe and when she was active like 80 years and younger she was so like full of life you know and she like was just such a character and as like she lost her husband and that just really like snapped something in her mental psyche and she like started to just deteriorate and now she can't like really speak much and she doesn't really remember much and then every once in a while Mm -hmm. she'll have a good day where she just will tell you stories Mm -hmm. about her childhood and so anytime stuff like that is mentioned in like the like in the media i'm always like really sensitive that episode was the most perfect example of like what it is like to live with that like the this Mm -hmm. show when it talks about mental illness and it shows you like an actual representation of what's going on inside the mind that's what i like that's my shit you know because not not a lot of people can pull that off, and not a lot of people can be like truthful. Like mm-hmm. it's usually over dramatized, like cyberbully. You know what oh, I God. mean? Yeah. <laughs> no, this but... job does such a, a way better job of like actually tastefully discussing topics and like mm-hmm. making you think and just like really getting into like really heavy hitters, but doing it very like tastefully and sensitively and still very thought provoking. Yeah, because that episode really does make you care for his mom. Um, <clears throat> oh, so my favorite character is also Princess Carolyn because she is an amazing woman and <laughs> I aspire to be as much of like a get shit done kind of person. And uh, my secondary favorite character is Holly Hook. Aww. Yeah. Yes. I love Hook. Holly Hook. I, I, oh, like, she's great. What I really love about her is that she is so truthful to herself. Like, she's the only character to really come in and be, like, confident with herself. Yeah, yeah, she's a good kid. I think, like, in a way, it's good that she didn't find BoJack until later in her life. Yeah. Because, yes, like, absolutely. it could have been very different if she like grew up with Bojack because Bojack can't be a dad <laughs> or any kind of figure to anybody. He can't have any relationships with anybody. Mm-hmm. Right? Is it my turn for favorite yes. character in episode? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So my favorite episode, I, I love this episode because it's so fun. It's one of the weird experimental episodes, but it's um, Int Sub in season five, uh, where we have Dr. Indira and her wife, Mary Beth, who are is a therapist and a mediator, so they cannot... Um, talk about uh their days due to a you know client privilege and privacy laws Mm -hmm. um but it turns out that they are helping uh bojack diane 
Todd and Princess Caroline, but they are known as Bobo the Zebra, Prince, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Princess Diana, Tangled Fog of Pulsating Yearning, and then Todd is Emperor Fingerface. <laughs> and uh, Princess Caroline is just like a ball of like shining yarn that looks like a cat, but she's yeah. the tangled fog of pulsating yearning. And so I just love that episode. I think it has a great resolution and I think it's just really fun. But then it also gets into the depths of uh, especially like Bojack and Diane's relationship. But also I, I've, I'm i a mediator, so I, I really identify with uh, the whole like mediation we have to do mediation before forced arbitration <laughs> yeah about that episode i think that's a really fun episode and that's my favorite one no it's a good um, one uh i love judah as well as a side character um spoiler yes. alert but you know princess caroline's whatever uh but uh <laughs> I well, you can say it. This, is the, this is the yeah, i can say it yeah. all right yeah yeah princess caroline's future husband Woo! and her former assistant judah he's handsome he's a handyman he's rugged he likes to bike and exercise oh, he's caring shy. yeah no but he uh but he's also really caring he just you know has his own way of showing it but i i think he's good for um princess caroline i think he's just a fun unique character i've never seen a character like him yeah um, he's really unique and he's really unique but he's he's a cool guy he's kind of hot too <laughs> especially when he let his hair down Ooh, yeah. yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. and then he played the guitar i was like take me away but, <laughs> definitely um, okay so does anyone want to like talk about any major analysis of the show because there are so many facets of what bojack is yeah does anyone want to like start off with their analysis yeah i'll start off with one that we've actually we've kind of talked about (laughs) it like a lot already just like with generational trauma like the basically the whole plot line of just like when he goes to that house in michigan like his family's lake house i just like stood out to me a lot um but just like showing the intimate scenes of Beatrice, which is like his mom, and in like in the house, like how misogynistic the whole household was, and just like how her dad was and her mom was were. Yeah. And like, and there was like Cracker Jack, her brother, and like how little she was valued over Cracker Jack, who was like in the army and then eventually mm-hmm. killed off. Yeah. And, like, I just thought it was crazy how the dad would give her, like, pretty pills and stuff. Yeah, and then she, (laughs) like, she basically lost her mother because... Yeah, that was so crazy that, like, she had hysteria. So, like, one night she was really sad that, like, her son had died. And then he fucking lobotomized her the next morning because she went into hysteria. But it's, like, literally she was just going through it. But then it paralleled so much with, like how bojack is like when bojack because she was super reckless right when she was like driving home that night after she was like really in her feelings yeah and she had like a uh, beatrice her daughter like drive them home and which was like really dangerous and that's just how bojack would react right like if something traumatic happened to him or if he started feeling anything he would just like go on a crazy wild binge just to feel alive and it's like damn this is like so like, I get why he's like this, and it just, like, makes why he was the way he was, like, in season one especially. Just, yeah. like, makes yeah. so much more sense. Yeah. I, I've always um, clinged to, like, gener- like the topic of generational trauma because mm-hmm. I feel like it's such an unavoidable thing, you know? Like, it just happens because you as a person are just, like, you've experienced shit. Everyone's experienced yeah. different shit. But then when it comes to raising a child, like, how do you keep 
the bad parts from you from showing. Yeah, I just, like, I always think that, like, it's interesting to watch shows where they really review, reveal, like, why characters are the way they are. And, like, I don't know, I, for some weird reason, even though it's, like, kind of terrible, I like analyzing how, like, parents and family, how they, like, grew up can shape and affect who you no. are as an adult. But then, like, also yeah. I totally believe that, like, you can experience something like that and then do good. And, yeah. like, you don't have to do what BoJack's doing. Like, but I think that's the whole show, right? That we all know that BoJack, we understand why he's like he is. We wish he wasn't. He wishes he wasn't. We all wish that things were different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, like, prevalent throughout the entire show, too. Because everybody is, mm-hmm. like, somehow affected by their family members. Oh. Like Todd and his mom. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, I, there's a quote. I can't remember what season it's from, but... Uh, Bojack basically says that he grew up thinking that being happy was selfish and he's like commenting I think on Christianity and saying that like we're we like glorify like martyrdom and selflessness and like completely sacrificing yourself and that like that's why he's never happy because every time he's happy he thinks he's being selfish but then he thinks he's a selfish bad person so he just like does bad things and like I don't know. I just, I see that in, um, like how he was raised and with his family, like any sort of like pleasure or anything fun, um, or anything that wasn't painful was considered like selfish and, Mm -hmm. um, bad. And yeah, it's, it's a little bit similar to how I grew up sometimes. Uh, Mm -hmm. so I, I totally relate to that. And it's a really like, it's a really poisonous thing to grow up with and think about. And I think it's why Bojack does a lot of these things because he feels like, you know, he doesn't deserve to be happy. He's never going to be happy anyway. So why not just like, fuck it all? Yeah. Oh my God. Could I say something that was like so sad? When he was watching the TV and was it Secretariat that was like reading off letters from fans oh on the TV God. and he was like trying yeah. to watch it and then right as like his big childhood idol started reading like his little note, his mom just like interrupted and just was being super nitpicky and bitchy. Yeah. And like yeah. over the whole thing and it was just so sad because he needed to hear his idol speak. He really needed that. He wasn't like having a good time in life and his mom just like stomped over it. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. It's so heartbreaking. It was so it is super heartbreaking. It's so awful. But yeah, um, just don't stand too close to the TV. It'll make you cruel. I'm like, what the hell? Oh, God. No, it's so fucked up. It's such a good and, line. And then when she says, after that, I think she says, um, well, that's enough of me being a great mother. I'm going to go hydrate yes! heart medicine. <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> Terrible. I think another uh, good topic about the show is like the effects of what Hollywood does to people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I've never seen such a good representation of what it means to uh, like grow up in Hollywood or like be stagnated because of it like you just stop taking responsibility for your actions and you stop growing as a person it's I feel just... like you really see that in Sarah Lynn too which I don't think is a mm-hmm. character that we've really mentioned Oh, poor Sarah. Yeah. The reason why I don't like talking about her is just because it makes me so sad. Yeah, it's the saddest thing for me. It's the saddest part of the show, yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, Sarah Lynn is one of the characters, was one of the characters on BoJack's show in the 90s. 
and she was a very young when they were filming the show and didn't really have a father figure or a good parent and bojack she looked up to bojack as like her actual father figure and as she grew up in life like she took a turn in uh the wildest ways and now as like a, i think she's like 30 right she's like 30 <laughs> something she is dealing with like all these problems because she was never told no growing up like mm-hmm. she was never disciplined or told like what how to be a good person she just grew up in the spotlight and no one told her anything and then once she became too old for them she was tossed to the side so like she's just sitting on all this money and drugs and trying to figure out like what to do with herself and that's like the same shit bojack does like it's what hollywood does to some people is they just stop being a good person because they don't have to be yeah Mm -hmm. they get each other on like a level that like, she, I feel like she was, like, one of the ones that really got Bojack. Like, because they had known each other for so long. I think mm-hmm. he was really important to her. But something to consider, um, I think uh, Charlotte says it. Bojack's ex-girlfriend, the deer. Uh-huh. Um, when he's in New Mexico and he's asking her about, like, leaving L.A. And he said, like, do you th- still think L.A. is a swamp? She's like, no, you're the swamp. Yeah. Then she's like, no, not you. But I think it just, it doesn't matter where you are. It's who you are. And I think that was kind of the point of Bojack, like so many times trying to get away from LA. And I think in that season, getting the literal boat called Escape from Mm -hmm. LA. Mm -hmm. And um, like, and then in even later seasons, when he goes to teach at Wesleyan and everything. And it's like, in the end, those weren't the things that changed who he was. Like those weren't the things that changed who was like he could have totally been in LA and I think grown as a person like around the people he he loved and wouldn't have to escape but like but you know the controversial um I have a topic I'd like to discuss <laughs> if I'm allowed oh you're allowed not only oh, are you okay, allowed you're you. encouraged oh, oh my Ooh. god thank you I'm so flattered so going in line with like what we've talked about about how the characters are are changing a lot i feel like they all undergo their own metamorphosis but it's like a realistic sort of change where the characters don't just go in this linear path upwards but especially bojack but everybody kind of has this dip and they start going back up and then they have a huge dip and they start going back up Mm -hmm. and it's this constant struggle to improve themselves and it never really ends. The final episode of the show concludes with the characters in their spots, and some of them are happier than others, but there's no resolution for a lot of them, and they're still going to continue changing. We don't know if Bojack's going to keep going in the path, in the right path, or if he's going to go back into Hollywood. Or I guess at that point it's Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> and if he's going to deteriorate again. We don't know, and we don't know what his relationships are going to be with certain people, but I really enjoy how the show portrays characters trying to change and make amends and failing all the time, because it's it's a pretty realistic portrayal, and I feel like a lot of shows do have characters that go in linear progressions, or maybe they have some dips along the way, but... This they're all so dynamic. Mm-hmm. I totally agree and- because there are some shows where a character never changes. For example, a show that I really love but will never oh excuse me <laughs> will never progress their characters forward is Archer. I love mm-hmm. Archer so much, but 
I know that I only watch it for shits and giggles. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. those characters, right. they point out their flaws consistently, but they never change as a person. But this, Definitely. Show, this show does a great uh, job of actually pushing people forward. Because even in the beginning, it feels like you just like walked into their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they had so much life before the show started. Like that episode where it's 2007 and every song oh my God. is like, we're at 2007. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you see that they all had this extensive backstory even then, and they all had these intertwining plots. Mm-hmm. May, may I just say about that episode specifically, <laughs> because that is another favorite episode of mine. Um, because I believe Princess Carolyn is wearing like a like fedora, like a blue <laughs> denim fedora, yeah. and like a skirt, and I think maybe like an off-the-shoulder top and UGG boots, <laughs> and like that's her 2007 look. And then Mr. Peanut Butter is wearing a Von Dutch hat and like an Ed Hardy shirt. <laughs> yeah. And I just really love um, memes about the early 2000s. Like they really tickle me. So I know we don't see enough. We don't see enough we early don't... 2000s memes. No, we don't. I, I want need them to start really coming into style because it was such a weird time. But yeah, I think especially with them, I think it's like never mind. I'm not gonna. I was trying to gonna sing the like it's not 2006, it's 2007 song. It's like kind of sounds like the Black Eyed Peas. I got a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I can't quite remember the tune. <laughs> or the radio being like it's two months later in 2007. <laughs> the way the way they yes. incorporate all of the dialogue with flashbacks is amazing because it'll like flash to a scene and they'll be like. Like, here's a question, and then the response is always like, "Yes, because it's 2008." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like somebody's reading; it cuts to somebody reading a book, and the book is titled "The Next Morning." Yes, <laughs> yes, uh, yes. That's so good. Um, I have, I have, I have a topic of discussion that I just like, <laughs> yeah, to, yes. just to throw out there and. Whoever wants to latch on, they can, you know? How do you think this show does in handling the um, big, I guess, like, writing twist in season six? And uh, I guess, like, the second half of season five? And where in most television that have, like, a shitty main character, they just kind of get away with everything. And we never really see the full repercussions of their actions, especially when it's about, like, men in Hollywood. How do you guys feel this show handled that second half? where Bojack was finally confronting what he did. And even, like, Raphael Waxberg said, like, it was in response of, like, the Harvey Feinstein stuff that was happening in mm-hmm. real life, you know, because yeah. he felt that people were, were like, seeing Bojack as, like, uh, an inspiration, the same way that even Justin Roiland of Rick and Morty said, like, people should not relate to this character. Like, if yeah. you think that you see yourself in this character, get help. So, like, Absolutely. how do you guys feel about the second half of, like, how do they deal with the situation? Well, have you seen that meme that's, like, the I didn't get it and act and relate to the main, the, I can't remember the exact meme, but it's, like, greatly misunderstood the show and related to the bad mm-hmm. main character starter pack. And then it's, like, Rick from Rick and Morty, Bojack from Bojack Horseman, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, like, and then someone else. Or mm-hmm. like ma- Walter White. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Walter White, maybe. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, but I think I think that relates kind of to the theme of like accountability in a way. I think the show handles accountability in a realistic but somewhat idyllic way. Mm-hmm. I think there's a part in the show where uh, it's like earlier in the seasons, and it's I think it is after what happens in New Mexico with um, Penny and Charlotte, mm-hmm. and he's saying like, how can you how can you undo something? like something so bad that it it feels like you can never be forgiven. Like, how can you ever atone for that? Mm -hmm. And I think the person says like, you can't. Yeah. I don't know. I hope, hopefully I'm not misquoting this, but I know he wonders to himself, like, how do you ever atone for something so bad that it, it just feels like that person will never truly receive justice. And it's like, especially with the Penny and Charlotte situation, she was like, never talk to me again. Like, I, I don't ever want to see you. And I think a lot of people like in his path of destruction, shut him out. So it's like, I don't know, really know what I'm saying, but I do feel like he did <laughs> receive justice in the end. He did his 14 months and, you know, we don't see what happens to him, but it did seem like he was in a good place where we like leave off with him in the last episode. You know, I have my own theories about prison and jail and how we should respond to things like this. But I think Bojack, after all these years of leaving a path of destruction, um, I think really his biggest justice was in, even though he still needed to get better and start doing better things, not everybody had to forgive him. Yeah. Uh That's my biggest thing about this show is that they really play on forgiveness when you've done something unforgivable. Like, yes, in season one, I think there's even like a moment of it in every season, but in season one, he tells Herb, like, he's sorry. And Herb says, I don't accept your apology. Yeah. And that's kind of like a wake up call. It's like, just because you're saying sorry, doesn't mean you're a good person. And doesn't mean that you just like delete what happened. Mm-hmm. no absolutely and i think in like the last episode it's like every like everyone's having a good time uh princess carolyn like invites him to you know the wedding but mm-hmm. he finds out it's the industry wedding it's not really the real wedding but like he's still like you know she's not there's no hard feeling she still wants him to be there and then but he he's like oh so would you be my agent again and she's like no i i can just introduce you to someone yeah. i know <laughs> you know and it's yeah. like and it's like he's like okay right i have to accept that right and then it's like with diane on the roof he even says like haha wouldn't it be funny if this is the last time we ever saw each other and she's just like kind of nods and is like huh yeah like indicating like yes this very well may may be the last time we see each other because i don't plan to see you again you know and like she's made it very clear like i have a different life now and i'm not the person who i was in la anymore so i think even more than the prison and rehab and like anything else he could do i think it's that he still needs to continue to be a good person, but needs to know that not everybody needs to forgive him and just pretend like it never happened. Yeah. Or like maybe people For can sure. forgive him, but they can't, they're not going to forget. You yeah. know, they're not just yeah. going to go back. And same thing with Todd as well. Like Todd said, you're like, even though they had that time on the beach in the last episode, it's like, and he gives him good advice. Todd made it clear, you know, earlier in the show, like, we're done. You're a toxic person. I'm not that best friend anymore. Yeah. And so I think just like Bojack realizing he can't use people anymore because they will leave. And like, it's not that they hate you and it's not that they're holding a grudge over you. It's just they cannot for themselves be around you anymore. And I think that is his greatest justice that he can't 
he can't do that to people anymore mm-hmm. or he can't do that mm-hmm. to those people he did it to, to for so many years i guess anymore yeah well connor alexis how do you guys feel about um that little that little pitch i gave you uh alexis do you want to take this one first <laughs> um i mean in my like liberal leftist self i'm like he'll never get just he'll never get the actual <laughs> justice because or like he just deserved way more punishment uh-huh but not but also non-jail just like more from his care i feel like his career could have taken a bigger hit yeah um, that's, that's something the industry else they also point out too is like who was it hank hank hippopopolis has so many allegations against him but his career is thriving yeah and when and, diane right. tries to out him it gets turned back on her yes mm-hmm. yeah he mm-hmm. hurt diane's career and then um like with the whole gina thing Mm-hmm. and how like he never really like got a huge like media anything for that it just kind of like kind of skated by with that but then people afterwards had like a different perception of her yeah that's what hurt me the most is yeah. when she when she did that interview and she said please just like don't make it a big deal because i don't want to yeah. be that girl like i don't want right. to be that person that was choked by bojack because that'll follow me forever yeah yeah mm-hmm. and that's what i think is more on like what i'm trying to say is like did he really deserve forgiveness in the end because it wasn't even like he actually got punished you know what i mean like he he did so many horrible things and like the biggest slap on the wrist that he got was like a short amount of time done i don't know like how do you even atone for all that like what would you do like how is the best way for him to be punished you know like it's such a weird thing to think about i think one of the best lines in the entire show is in season one, and it really does describe how it would, how the show would handle morality moving forward. Was when Diane said that she doesn't believe that there are good or bad people. Like people aren't good or bad. People are just mm-hmm. what they do. Yeah, because Bojack desperately wants her to be his moral center throughout the entire show, from the beginning, and blatantly asks her, "Am I a good person?" And she can't answer that because whether or not you're good or bad isn't really like telling Mm -hmm. it's just what actions are you doing and i feel like i come from a perspective of where even i feel the worst people people who are worse in real life than bojack is fictionally even like i feel their actions if they do want to atone for them they should have a path to do so Mm -hmm. and i feel like there's it's it's difficult for me to imagine never being able to definitely not forgive because no one who's harmed by someone is obligated to forgive them. Mm -hmm. But that there's no path for someone to atone for a bad decision, then that bad decision or string of bad decisions is essentially a death sentence. And it's more complicated than that because if we're looking at Hollywood in particular, people do bad things all the time. And in Hollywood in real life, people do bad things all the time. And there's no real accountability mm-hmm. or in politics or in any position of power. If you look at real life examples of people who do bad things that are in positions of power like Bojack is, you are only able to analyze it from the perspective of a bystander who sees it on the internet. You don't mm-hmm. know this person and you can make a lot of judgments based off of how they act, but you don't know them. Mm-hmm. The beauty of Bojack is we know Bojack really, really well, extensively. We know all about his history before he was famous, and we know all about his life from season one onwards, like, we're Mm -hmm. there with him. And we see that he does genuinely want to change and puts that effort in a lot of the time. 
and just constantly fails. And his mother says that basically his flaws are genetic, that he can't fix himself. And that mentality is etched into him. And he tries really hard. Other people also try to remedy their issues and they succeed like Princess Carolyn or Todd. They figure themselves out. But Bojack oftentimes just digs himself a bigger hole. Mm-hmm. But by the end yeah. of it, you get, you know, in the first half of season six, you almost kind of find yourself wanting Bojack to not get held accountable to an extent because you see how happy he is. Is and you like Bojack. Bojack is made to be likable. That's what the writers succeed at doing. Despite mm-hmm. all the things that he's done, you feel like a, a bond with him after spending all this time with him. Mm-hmm. But you know that those dominoes are going to fall. You've seen them get set up throughout season five and six. And mm-hmm. when they do, it's it's really painful, especially how he reacts to it. Mm-hmm. To where he hits his lowest low possible. Yeah, like, it really makes you... <laughs> It makes you mad when they do when he does dumb shit because you're like, dude, please, like just just yeah. stay, stay on your we've, good streak. Yeah, we, it's like we've seen you do better. We know you can do better, mm-hmm. and so it is frustrating. But at the same time, it's almost like you just yeah, you feel bad. You feel um, you feel like it's unfair that his mom tells him it's genetic. It's unfair for him to feel that way. But like maybe he needs to accept more help. You know. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, it's like the whole thing is unfair and shitty. But you can't you can't take out your problems on other people. And mm-hmm. um, yes, just. Yeah, bottom line. Um, but I do think it is important that he is someone who we see who has always wanted to change and is almost cons- almost constantly making an effort, but, you know, with large gaps in between. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is really frustrating. And that 17 minutes that he waited to get Sarah Lynn help. Oh, that we I, oh my God. We never Terrible. find out that happens until way later after the fact. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it changes that scene so much. Because yeah. it already was a gut-wrenching scene. And now, when you rewatch it, you see that Bojack might have had the ability to change the outcome. But he had a very human reaction that ended up being the worst thing that he could have done in that situation. Uh, um, yeah. And going back to what Olivia said and what Claudio's been saying, like, how do you atone for that? And the show leaves it very ambiguous what you can do, other than... Diane says, life's a bitch, keep living mm-hmm. in the last episode. And honestly, I mean, aside from actually dying, the best thing Bojack could do is to create positivity in the world and use everything that he's learned to maybe help other people and help himself further. We don't yeah. see what he does with that, but if he did do that, you know, he's not a good person. He doesn't magically make him a good person, mm-hmm. but at, you know, what the show's asking us to figure out doesn't give us any answers. What's the value of acknowledging that you've done something wrong and doing your best to try to fix it to varying degrees of success? I, I really think the show, I think the writers themselves don't know exactly or either have mixed reviews, you know, on their opinions of it. I think it's like an but, individual determination that you yeah, have to make. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what a good show. <laughs> I know it's so good. <laughs> it's just so good. There's like so much to talk, like so many different avenues to talk about. Is there anything like funny you guys want to mention yeah. about the show? Um, the last thing we'll talk about is our favorite jokes or like situational stuff, like just anything ridiculous. <laughs> I will start us off. Hi, it's me, Chris. The most funny thing 
to happen in uh, BoJack Horseman is the character Sex Tina Aquafina. Oh my god, Sex Tina Aquafina! <laughs> yes! Sex Tina Aquafina creates a song about abortion entitled Bra Bra Pew Pew. <laughs> in parentheses, get that fetus, kill that fetus. <laughs> if you have not seen BoJack Horseman, it does not matter. YouTube it, <laughs> go to Netflix, find it. <laughs> You will be. It's on Spotify. Spotify. <laughs> it's on, oh, oh it's on Spotify. Bra, bra, pew, pew. It's iconic, and I was forever changed after that episode. My favorite joke <laughs> with that song is when Princess Carolyn and Diane try singing it in the car, and they're like, How, "How's it go? Boop, boop, uh, cha, cha." <laughs> My the... silly. Oh. oh no, no, go for it. My silly thing is um, the road to Hawaii. That's <laughs> like <laughs> just a complete traffic jam, as one might expect when you build such a narrow road to Hawaii. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> I don't really have much to say on it, but it's absurd. No, <laughs> it's a good one because don't they even enough. take a motel like on the on the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It takes so long to get there because the distance alone is way too much for a car ride. <laughs> 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 Not even considering traffic. <laughs> so good. I am really partial to. Well, first and foremost, I just want to highlight that in this show. Jessica Beale leads an underground <gasps> revolution where they try to eat the gubernatorial candidate <laughs> for so, the California. That's such a great episode. Oh my god. Never forget. Oh my god. And then they do eat Zach Braff. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god. That's right. And continuing on with my love of Mr. Peanut Butter centric episodes. And the episode, I think it's season five, where they go through different Halloweens. It's called uh, Mr. Peanut Butter's mm. Booze. <gasps> yeah. And it's each girlfriend at a BoJack Halloween party. It is so good how they just like constantly change the perspective of mm-hmm. which girlfriend he's with. And how I think it's Jessica Beale who's afraid of mummies. And <laughs> yes. he wants to save her so badly from seeing a mummy as BoJack approaches her with like toilet paper all around him. He wants to so bad. He knows it's a big deal. But he can't help himself. He has to do a whole line. Are you... And he starts saying, like, so many... I forget what the actual joke is, but he keeps on going on and on and on doing this description of the movie he's referencing. Mm-hmm. Oh, my ending God. With, don't look back or don't turn around. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, Erica. Okay, that's my favorite Erica. joke in the show. Please take it away, Claudio. My favorite joke in the show is a character that we never see <laughs> who I kind of wish we saw, but I'm glad we never did. But anytime Mr. Peanut Butter went to any public gathering, <laughs> he would say, I want to talk to you. And then get distracted and go, Erica! And Erica, Erica <laughs> is his friend that we don't know what she looks like, but by the descriptions, horrifying. <laughs> like, he says, Erica, who let you out of the burn ward? <laughs> oh my god oh my god and then he you like, know you're not allowed to be near children yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at, at, the, at their engagement party Mr. Peanut Butter was like long story short she lost a foot but she gained a friend <laughs> yes. oh my god love that <laughs> 
Uh, Erica's an icon. I, she is, I don't know if she knows how much she's affected my life, you know? Uh, but I love her. She's she's a goodie. Oh, can we also just Absolutely. mention really quick the plot line with the spaghetti strainers in season three? Oh, oh my God. He wants to make the... Yes. And the whole time they're just like, oh yeah, this is going to go somewhere eventually, right? And then in the final episode, he like saves the underwater town. <laughs> and Margot Martindale gives her life, or so we think. Oh my god, that was the biggest cliffhanger <laughs> when Margot just disappeared. Yeah, Chris really thought she was gone. He was so sad. I was like, what? You can't And then her. when she came back, <laughs> it took so long for her to come back, too. It took, like, two seasons. It was so worth it. I was so happy. <laughs> um, I think one of my favorite things is birthday dad. Oh. <laughs> I it's fucking love the dad. idea. <laughs> and I love how Princess Carolyn's like, you want to commission this birthday card? to be a movie <laughs> <laughs> no i know just the whole like the whole setup of how birthday dad came to be and then it's literally like the next they're like birthday dad and then the next getaway is like birthday dad <laughs> <laughs> okay um i think that's everything thank- oh great it's a wrap oh my god thank you guys so much okay i guess now we're, we're the, the goodbye goodbye, goodbye guys Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>